the actor that played uh, the guy from The Wire, the black guy. Um, yes, yes. You see his first tweet when he got 280 characters? Yes. Yeah, that was, that was the perfect show. Have you ever seen The Wire? I've seen the first season. So you, there was a, a guy who played a... Bump, uh, right? What? His name Bunk? No, no, no. not Bunk. It, it, it was uh, a guy who played a... He was, he was a congress or, or, or a councilman. Oh, that's right. It was the congressman. That's right. Or a councilman. And he said... He, you know, she... Hold on a second. Well... Clay Davis. Play some Clay Davis's best she. Oh damn machine, she. Class. Okay. <laughs> there should be a compilation of all yeah. the sheets. Shit, boy. Think I'm gonna be the scapegoat for the whole damn machine? She. Clarence is gonna. Shit, as far as the federal money's concerned, he's everything. The faucet, the goose. A goose. The one that lays them golden eggs. <laughs> Major crimes. Shit. <laughs> talk to me about money laundering in West Baltimore? Shit. I get it. So he when 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 Twitter opened up to two hundred eighty characters, he did she. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That's pretty fun. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Yeah, I've, I've never used Twitter because I can't be limited to 280 characters. And then recently I've stopped using Facebook because I realized that I don't want to talk Stop that. <laughs> Sorry, I was just looking at pictures of me with... Um, uh, here's me with... I just got some of this picture. It's of a little person. Yeah, it's me with Helena. I think it's a child. Yeah, it's Helena. It's you met Helena. Damien's uh, daughter. Yep. Yeah. She's uh, she's cute now. I mean, she was cute before, but she's at that she's at that age where she's like, yeah. she's just started like, it's the best. mommy. It's the best age. Uh oh. Before you can really fuck That's with the them, right? Age. Yeah. Or they and they really fuck with you. Yeah, <laughs> they really do. Oh, sure, they're definitely like. Um, I, I like everything. Oh, up to this is great. Five, I, everything up to five is my favorite. That's a great one. Kids are fun after that too, but it's. Do you want some more of this, Greg? That's pretty good. Cool. You want some more rare yes. barrel? This is this is her on top of that. She, I guess she doesn't uh, get on top of people's heads very often. Yeah, I never know. <laughs> so she, she was like, whoa, what is going on? It's awesome. How old are your kids now, Joe? Uh, nine and seven. I was, I, was trying oh, to, wow. I was trying to see how close they were to ten, but not I'm close enough. I'm about 11, 11 and seven next month. Okay. Um, we should get together and go bowling. There you go. When are they coming? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a, it's a, it's a, April. <sighs> April 2019. It's a while, man. When my daughter graduates elementary school. Really? Yeah. That's the plan? That's the plan. That's not my plan. That's, that's the plan that's that was that was plan. imposed upon you? That's right. 
She. She. That's right. So there's, your kids are still in Japan, though? Yeah. Okay. In 2019. Yep. Got to wait a whole another year. Yeah. Spend time playing video games. True. True. Writing. Reading. Yep. Working. Do what I did. It only took me 10 years to learn physics. I yeah, well, I want to learn to write, and I love my I love my job now. All of a sudden, it's the first time in my life that I've actually liked. My I job. can imagine that yeah, in Japan, what I you know what you've told me and what I've heard combined to make it sound like a fucking hell. Escape. Working in the United States is pretty awesome. Yeah, people. I, it's pr- I can't I can't even begin to tell you. <laughs> people are like appreciative of the fact that you want to have some time to yourself. Well, and... I can have like a, a life. Oh, yeah, really? Like, wow! You don't have to sweet. be like, can... devoted to work entirely. Yeah, so you can tell people who to say bakayaro. That's right. <laughs> uh, except you don't. We we, we, we <laughs> talked about this. How it's like? So this is the thing we talked about um, before, and how it's like. But that's good Japanese. It's it's Thank so you. it's it, the only thing I know other than um, don't ever use it. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's like it's like gangster talk, and it's like gangster threatening talk, right? That's the sort of level. Say of it, it again. Udusei yeah. bakayaro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because my daughter would say it too. Oh really? <laughs> my wife would not say it, but my daughter's of the age where she would say that. Yeah, I. I <laughs> so what I what I understood and, and what I explained to Jeff, and you can tell you know, how wrong this is, because um, I'm sure it's some level of wrong, is that it's you know tone isn't so important in Japanese language. It's more about like what style of words you're using, and part of when you use those, you're it's it's as if you're saying "fuck you, motherfucker," I'm gonna fucking kill you. I said, "Shut up, motherfuckers." Yeah, said. but the thing is, is that unlike unlike English, where we use crass words to uh, to articulate things, mm-hmm. so you add you add ferocity and you add anger and you add uncouthness by using particular words. Whereas in Japanese, you do it through uh, not just tone, but but through language conjugation. Okay. And so you you like for example the the language conjugation that he just used urusei bakayaro is is direct. It's very direct. It's there's no politeness to it, and it's actually slurred. And so it's like it's like the culmination of all of these things that you don't do in polite circumstances that it, make it. Incredibly impolite. So it's like, okay, dumb motherfucker. Yeah, it, yeah it, it's it's like that. Yeah, and then yeah. It's, and then the and then the conjugations and everything like that are very direct, and you're not you're not respecting the person because there's there's levels in Japanese where you you either speak to person on the same level, you speak up to them and honor them, or you speak down to them and you treat them like garbage, dirt, you know, dog yeah. below you. Um, and generally speaking, you don't usually speak down to people unless they're your children or your dog. And you want to make them feel like they're your right. children your do- or your dog or your subordinate at work and you want to make them feel subordinate, which means oftentimes people just generally don't use that language anymore. Um, but the uh, what you just used was definitely. So it's sort of like what <laughs> Harvey Weinstein would use on his. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know if you remember, but uh, I think it was the last time you were on. I, I asked you if I was saying something that was recognizable, right? Because I learned that in seventh grade from Satoshi from Satoshi Endo. Like, you know, we had a new uh, right. student, and like, it's from Japan. Teach me how to swear in Japanese, and right, that's right, right. that's what he taught me in seventh grade. 
And it still stands today as a good swear word. It's 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 interesting that I remembered the pronunciation well enough. But but you mentioned the first time I said it, you kind of you felt it, right? Like like because of how rude it's rude, yeah. That's it. Statement is it like it surprised you, like 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 it affected you, like how rude it was, like 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 yeah. Probably less affected today. Yeah, I, I've been married for a long time now. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, you get sort of indoctrined into learning how to be told bakayaro, which is okay. You, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> So urusai, urusai, urusai is the verb to me, is the adjective to say that you're annoying. Okay. And they use it to say shut up as well. Okay. Urusai. I mean, yeah, I was told that means shut up, motherfucker, is what I was told. Well, that's the thing. So, like, urusai is the actual grammatically correct verb, urusai. And then when you you want to sound like a gangster, instead of urusai, you just say urusai. Oh, okay. Urusai. And so that, right there, that, that sort of... Slurring of it from Udusai to Udusai, it okay. becomes gangsterish right there. Okay. Um, and then Baka just means stupid. That's written horse sheep or horse, uh, not sheep, horse um, deer. Because apparently, if you're a horse or a deer, you're stupid. Okay. So Baka, Ba is horse and Ka is deer. And I have a stupid. gif of Japanese deer bowing to Japanese people because I guess. Because they learn, they do bow. They bow so that you get the food. Yeah, they learned it, that that's how they get food. Mm-hmm. That's a Pavlov. Well, it, it's 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 intelligence. Yes, yes, yes. So they're 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 not they're not as stupid as we make them out. No, and and here, so I I saw this. Have you been watching? If you haven't, you should download because there's Blue Planet Two that's coming out. It's coming out Ooh. now. Yeah, do yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Well, uh, we love David Attenborough documentaries, BBC. Uh, okay. Dave, you know who David Attenborough You must. I know the name, yes, and I like BBC documentaries yeah. generally. I mean, have you, you've seen Planet Earth or Planet Earth 2? Oh, yeah, those are great. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the guy who did it. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. David Attenborough. Oh, right, the narrator. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Your humble narrator. Yeah, and, yes. but he's also a, you know, a naturalist yeah, who's yeah. done work for 50 years. Right, right, so. right, right, right. He's going to die soon. It's going to be really sad. <laughs> he's in his 90s. Um, so he's not he's not long for this earth, but it doesn't mean he's going to die soon. Right? I mean, but at at what point will he stop being able to? Uh, I'd put him on my death pool. <laughs> it's a safe. I'd be bet. sad, but it's, a safe, it, it's a safe bet. Um, there was a scene in I think the Core Reefs episode of a grouper using tools. I don't remember that a scene. fish. Using tool? No, this is the new one. They have oh, seen. oh! I thought you meant coral reef. Oh, okay. Because he did a whole uh, mini series on the Great Barrier Reef. Right, yeah, right? yeah, that was really. Cool. But this is so you know one of the things that was for you know when we grew up, or at least when I was growing up, using tool use was a sign of intelligence. Sure, sure. and it was like oh, only apes and and humans, and then we learned crows, and then birds yeah. do it, and other things. Here's a fish. A Fish right. that you know found this, this this rock and takes these clams and bangs it against the rock. I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that. Yeah. And it's tool use. Right. It's intelligently, you know, knowing that if I do this enough times, I will be able to get what's inside. It's predicting the future. And- Did you see the recent article about how plants 
can learn behavior. Oh, I, I've I've been I've been a plant advocate for how many years? Uh, well, I'm, a, I'm a plant advocate. I'm he loves plants so much he doesn't eat plants. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm in that direction. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, really I'm, I'm a carnivore because I because I love plants. No, but I'm, yeah, no. This, so there's this this really interesting research about how plants can actually learn about their environment and then react. Oh, absolutely, to it. for sure. And they're they're ju- that's what bugs me the most about vegetarianism is not the arguments about factory farming and stuff because those are valid. As sure. far as I'm concerned, sure. those are absolutely valid arguments and, right. and stuff like that. But the stuff about they aren't, they don't experience they're the world sentient. like we do. They're yeah, not. Yeah, 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 right. That is bullshit. Well, sentient means that you feel and, and can comprehend. and can comprehend. Right. We, for us to draw that line is ridiculous. It is absolutely. Well, there's absurd. some stuff in the Secret Life of Plants. Sticking with David Attenborough, right? Like you know, like plants going to war with each other, right? And stuff, uh-huh. you right, know. Right. Right. And there, there's whole there's communication between plants and fungus and stuff right. in their root systems. Right. There's all this super complex shit going on that oh, we just tomatoes. Don't... Tomatoes see color, right? I mean, right when you so really? when you're a tomato and when you you're, see, when you, sometimes when, when you're a tomato, when, when you're a tomato plant and you see red around you, you're going to ripen your fruits faster. Is that right? Yes. So tomato farms. They put a red uh, covering down over the dirt. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So think about it. Think about so it. How like, do they see it? You're What's in a patch of tomato. Yeah. Well, it's just wave. They don't have eyes, but it's right, right, right. they obviously are photoreceptors, right? They yeah, right. they absorb absorb sure. of some sort sunlight right. of some sort. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're so, receptors of, but they're not only are they not only are they just receiving. Sunlight to photosynthesize. Right, right. right. They receive it from around them. But they have the notion of, I'm seeing more red light reflected onto me. Right, right. I better hurry the fuck up and ripen. I better hurry the fuck up and ripen my fruit. That's really cool. I did not know that. Yeah, so, I mean, tomato plants will react. So, if, like, uh, I used to work with a guy who was an avid gardener. And yeah, he would put down a red mat under his tomato plants. Mm. And that's, like, the state of the art. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Because we're learning so much about how it, all all of this life has is so interconnected with each other right. that calling any you know pulling out any one species and saying that this is sort of like we do you know pulling out humans right. where we're so I mean we're we're colonies of so many other organisms yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that are affecting us constantly. So and 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 if you were to like put us on a spaceship and take us somewhere We'd it would be a t- any, anything you send us to <laughs> it would be it would be a very different species that came back because they're not dealing with the environment that we are dealing with and all of the right. stuff that's around sure, us sure. and integrating with us it's a it's a constant stream of, of, of things happening and, and and we are constantly evolving just like everything else so yeah, I, I, evolving doesn't necessarily mean improvement. Evolving just means change over time. That's all it means. I mean, when I when I learned about like, I mean, we're not technically a superorganism, but like the number of cells that are your DNA in and on your body versus the number of cells right, right, that are right. other DNA, right. you know, bacteria and right. stuff like that. There's more bacteria dwarfed. cells dwarfed totally in your gut and on your skin yeah. than there are you, right? right you know, right. but it's symbiosis, right? We're all working together right. Right. to have 
And, and you know, we're talking about um, you're a mini environment that contains. Right. Right. I, I think you know the next it's ten years, the next twenty years, one of the biggest advances probably in understanding the physiology of a human is how your microbiota affects. We've already done, I mean, so, done that. Well, we that, have, but I mean, I think there's, there's and still like that, so or... many more things you can do. Mm-hmm. Like, like how holistic, like if you want a holistic view, you have to understand how the colonies in and on you are affecting right. the, the, the superorganism. Right. You almost need to think of yourself as a super super organism. You absolutely do. I think the only problem with that is that once you start on that, it gets so super complicated and you get all these things that it gets hard to figure. It's it's like medication in a sense, right? Like you're you're overproducing something to do some effect, but that can have some side effect that is unanticipated. But I mean, like, if you expand on that and you you think about it from a broader perspective, I mean, I can't. If if everybody on the earth except for me died tomorrow, I'd have to learn how to farm. Yeah, I am not self sufficient, right. even on the grandest game of things. Like, yes. I, I think I am, but I'm really not. Right. And so, like, the 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 entirety of the human experience and the way we our consciousness is well. Is, if every human created, died, you'd probably there'd probably be enough left over that you could. Yeah, for a while. But but generally speaking, like let's say a lot of that stuff just disappeared. We're in an interdependent species, and our our entire consciousness is built to work with other people to cooperate to do the things that we do, like build cars and build. Oh yeah, I mean look planes. at look at for example, I mean Puerto Rico is a good example of this, where their you know their entire infrastructure shut down, so they're not getting trucks delivering their food to their supermarkets. They're not getting electricity delivering you know stuff to their homes and. They're fortunate enough that it's there's shipping that can come in, right? But if you're, let's say, in some place, you know, in 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 um, in bumfuck Montana or something, hundred miles away from stuff, and you have you you have to store shit, or else God knows what would happen if if like if. I've been reading about EMPs and how they're not nearly as destructive as people say they are. So, but but the example that comes to mind is like when EMP strikes down the entire electrical grid. That that can majorly fuck up, particularly big cities like New York, where in order to keep that alive, you have. I mean, the trucking that goes in to getting stuff in there for eight million people in that. Small area. I, I read a novel a couple of years ago. It was it was an okay novel. It wasn't great. I'm not going to recommend anyone reads it. It was called Cyberstorm, and it was winter time in New York City, and China attacked, and basically China, China. That's China. You know, China. basically, you know, it, it 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 destroyed the infrastructure, right? So you have the crime, you got the looters, you got. So this is about a group of people. With their stronghold in their apartment building, but then you know they're trying to make the break. Control, awesome. <laughs> trying to make their break, and like I said, the story, <laughs> the story wasn't great, but the plot, right? The you know, you know, I'm a post-apocalyptic type guy, yes. right? So mm-hmm. I like that kind of story. So I'm a sucker for it. Um, it's. I'm I'm not a prepper though, you know. It's like you know, being a prepper is hard, y'all. <laughs> like, 
What's a prepper? Doomsday prepper. So that oh, people who right, yeah. people who are expecting society to break down. Uh, so they have the water, the food, and the ammunition to protect their water and food. No, they have a uh, they have a, a cabin. It's, it's the equivalent of people who were made their own nuclear shelters in right, the right. '60s. Yeah, okay. it's the same same thing, kind of. Uh, but you know they have cabins in secret locations. Yeah, of course they do. And then they have caches buried in the ground between the, here do. and there, of course and do. plenty of Bitcoin because they're retarded. Do be... they? <laughs> <laughs> Are preppers really Bitcoin people? Sorry. Some of them, yeah, but it's because they think that Bitcoin will somehow be maintained no. when the I don't electrical I, I, system collapses. I, I don't buy that. I think preppers are gold people for sure. Uh-huh. They're gold people. And they're um, bullet people. Right. <laughs> and they're non-perishable food people. For sure. But I don't know if they're Bitcoin people. I'm sure some of them are, right? There's got to be some. Because You're just speculating? This? No, no, because I, I remember reading about this, that, the, that there were people maintaining that, yes, you, what you, we could do is we could set up a, a small number of, of satellites to maintain a blockchain. <laughs> it's like, you idiots. Oh, that, I just read a story about how that. No, I don't. I think you're attributing like one lunatic to the prepper community here. I mean, I'm not a, like I don't think preppers I'm not talking are about a huge community anyway. So I don't think preppers are is, all with it, but I think but you're disparaging preppers here. I did read a story about how now one transaction. So there are about three thousand transactions a day in Bitcoin. One transaction for right now, the way it's being used, has, uses as much energy as a typical household does in a week. Wait, 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 wait! No, really? no, no, yeah. no, 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 no! Wait, say, say that, say that one more time. One transaction on the Bitcoin blockchain uses as much energy as one typical American household does in a week. Why? Why? Explain this to me. Okay, so the thing about the Bitcoin blockchain is. It scales. The whole point is to make it more and more difficult to find to, to 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 do this mining operation and find these things as more and more computers are used, and therefore as more and more energy is being used. So, because there is now because Bitcoin has exploded in value, there's now lots of much more computers and much more computing power put into it. But the pace of uncovering these and doing this mining doesn't change. It's designed to, regardless of how much power is put into it, stay at the same pace. So it gets more and more complex and harder and harder to do the more computing power that's put into it. So right now there's a huge amount of computing power put into it, a huge amount of power that's being used. And there are only about 3,000 transactions a day, roughly, with Bitcoin. And each transaction, if you took that electrical bit, it's about the same as one That's household. Fucked up. Yeah. Now, but it sounds to me like. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds to me I'm I'm ready heading to the bathroom. So that's why I'm not on mic. Uh, it sounds to me like you might be blurring the energy going into the mining operations versus the doing the blockchain operations for transactions. It's the same deal because the the transactions only get through when another block is uncovered. Really? Yeah. So I want to give you money. You don't get money until someone finds a Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. It's part of the of, of the way the blockchain works. 
And how do you mine a Bitcoin? You, you mine a Bitcoin by basically doing uh, an algorithmic operation on prime prime number factorization. It, it, it's just designed to be complicated. It's not designed to be anything yeah, no, useful. It's just designed to be complicated and designed to be able to get more and more complicated as more and more power is put into it. So you could literally use all of the power of of the sun on the Bitcoin network and it wouldn't get any faster because it, it is designed to scale scale at that point. Yeah, That's interesting. Have you ever seen the, the Adam Curtis documentaries? No. Huh? Never mind. <laughs> He's one of the original podcasters, right? Adam Curtis, was he? I think so. That's He's that... a BBC. He makes BBC documentaries. Okay, then not. No, I'm thinking of a guy who was like an MTV guy, and he started podcasting. No, Adam Curtis makes BBC documentaries on on recent history, generally uh, terrorism. Um, not Bitcoin, but sort of the the the, the movement from um, was it? There's there's one called "All Watched Over My Machines of Loving Grace." Hmm. And it's about. Um, Let me see if I can find this article for you, so I can send it to you, so you can see it. All Watched Over by Machines of Loving Grace is about um, sort of our 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 shift towards trust in technology and allowing algorithms to take over the way we trade on Wall Street. And sort of deregulation, and 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 how Ayn Rand, as an author, led to a, influencing people like Greenspan and other people Def- in, in D.C. Yeah, uh, the whole objectivist philosophy, which I bought into when I was when you met me. Yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, I, I was that kind of capitalist. That it seemed right. I didn't have the experience with the world to understand why it was wrong. Right. And the weird thing is when people do have that experience and they stick with it. Because it becomes a religion as opposed to an idea that you think is good. Right. And, you know, that what what I you know, the difference between that for for those who are considering like, what are you talking about? A religion is dogma that you believe regardless of what What you're you're faced with, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a lot of well, no, no, never mind. Let's not go there. <laughs> a lot of everything. <laughs> it, 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 I, there, everyone, me included, you included, yeah, Jeff no, included, exactly, has blind yeah. spots. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, there, there's, there's shit that we don't see that we're incapable of seeing for whatever reason. Um, things that I am entertained by that other people wouldn't be. Things that I think is correct that. I would probably be blind to people shoving it in my face. Sure. Ho- I, I try, I try really hard to constantly question myself. Yeah. I'm incapable of doing it all the time. And we all are. I don't, I mean, and, and one of the things is, and this is, what, when I was believing in that Ayn Rand shit, I thought people were rational. And now I, that's the last thing I think. <laughs> exactly. I think people are very irrational. Yeah. I try to be rational when I can, understanding that I'm not going to be rational completely and that rationality doesn't necessarily lead to the correct uh, answer. Certainly. It certainly. leads to the logical answer. 
Which but isn't not, always the best answer. Which isn't always the best or, or answer of the answer that would be the best. Most certainly. What do you think of what you read? So, uh, just real quick, it was not not that this is important to the argument. 300,000 transactions a day, not 3,000. Okay. That uh, makes more sense. That makes a lot yeah, more sense. But not okay. important to the argument. Um, the summary on Slashdot talked about the mining power consumption and divided that by the transactions didn't the, the summary didn't link that you have to have mining operations to transact things so i i still don't know about that other than what you just said mm-hmm. um what i'm thinking about is it's a very interesting externality to the cryptocurrency right like the carbon footprint of bitcoin and Regardless of the transaction part, but the mining part, right? The, well, I, when you were going to the bathroom, I told I told uh, Shane that you could put the power of the sun into Bitcoin. You could build a Dyson sphere around the sun and use all the power, and it wouldn't get any faster because it's designed to scale with that. Well, so, it wouldn't. Well, no, I mean, the more calculations you can do per second, the more Bitcoin you're going to mine. But it will scale to that. Well, right. But once at, at a point, you're going to need all the energy in the universe to mine the next Bitcoin. Well, at a point, it'll, it'll end and there's only 28 million Bitcoin. Oh, only 28 million. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I guess you're right. And And it's designed to be metered out at a certain rate. So if... I if, just if, figured out Shane is Satoshi Yakamoto. Huh? You're Satoshi Yakamoto. Yeah, the guy who does the 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 yeah, yeah, Nakamoto. Yeah, yeah, Nakamoto. That's it. So he is worth like two billion dollars. Yeah. yeah, clearly. Just look at him. But as soon as you transact those bitcoins, everyone has to know who you yeah, are. So, so it's all paper rich. Bitcoin's worth seven grand a bitcoin now, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's all criminal cash. That's all it's really used for. It's not used for anything legitimate. Don't even get me started. Yeah, I wouldn't say none, but the the, the percentages aren't aren't. If you're using out. Bitcoin, almost certainly you're there's either, something that you're doing that's shady, or you're a zealot, or you're a zealot. But I bet if you're a zealot, there's something you're doing that's shady. No, you could just be a true believer in. Okay. All right, if you believe in that, yeah, you, just like you could be it's one, one in these. a thousand people, but one in a thousand Bitcoiners. Oh, boy, hate Bitcoin, hate it, hate it. That's interesting. It, I think you it like encourages. Dogecoin. Yeah, I'm a Doge guy. I think it encourages crime. You're not going to get any argument from me over here. You can't argue against that. I think there was I, grand my, promises. My livelihood is built upon the financial sanctions and, and economic sanctions mm-hmm. and the control of the U.S. dollar, and and that that that's what I do. So, if you tell me that Bitcoin is good, then I have no job. <laughs> I'm here to stop those. Well, people. well, it's a currency in some sense, right? So it has it has some inherent value that's being prescribed to it by a societal force. Just just like the mafia does. Right. So it's 
So it's not that it can't be controlled. It's just that it's part of an ecosystem. Just like ISIS is. Yes. Yes. Just like ISIS It's just part of an ecosystem. They're a necessary evil. They justify the money that we Mm -hmm. spend on weapons. You can't have a system that exists that doesn't have parasites. That's true. So let's keep on making those weapons. (laughs) You're not going to find a perfect solution. No, you are not. No, you are not. And parasites, I mean, that, that's the nature of evolution. When there, is, when there is an opening, something will fill that. That's the nature of the universe, in fact. That everything tries to get to the lowest energy level. So things will try to fill spaces that are unoccupied. And that's why it's okay to be lazy. It's natural. It is absolutely natural. <laughs> the universe is the most lazy thing that exists. And it is the basis of everything. I like it. And, uh, yes. So things want to be in the lowest energy state. Uh, that is the principle of least action, and it seems to be how the universe works. Laziness. Laziness. Indeed. Did you see that story about that extra solar system thing that zoomed through the... Yes, I did. Yes. Did you see this? No. So there is a... Um, the first thing that we're i mean almost certainly sure the first object that we found that has that basically it's an asteroid but it it uh it it's is moving cosmic, through a system it's like a cosmic asteroid yeah right? it's moving through a system oh i did see that yeah it's like cylindrical and mm-hmm. it's not it, it's yeah. like it's a like cigar a regular yeah, sheep like, and it's yeah. spinning and it's it's curiously yeah. long and skinny because like that's not how things coalesce right 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 right, right. But based on the trajectory and its speed and everything, it seems to have come from outside. Of we should go and poke it. Well, we can't get there. It's, it's moving it's too moving fast. fast. We do not have the ability to get there. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But it won't poke us either, will it? No, no. And not anywhere close. Mm. And we don't it, have the... It kind of passed between Mars and Jupiter and yeah. it's heading out towards Saturn. And then it's going to like leap the plane. And with chemical rockets, we have no way of getting there. I see. That's too bad. Yeah, we need warp speed. But you know, it's, it's interesting. You never, awesome you never hear about, you never hear about rogue asteroids like piercing through the solar system. And well, that, that's because well, that's, this, this is the, the first, first one. one. Yeah. So right. yeah, that's why. Well, you never, well, they, well, they they predict that it happens all the time. But this is the first one. We've this ever is the first found. one we've ever seen. You know, yeah. we're we're really we have very high confidence. Right, right. That's the way to put it. Because it's not we're not sure. Mm-hmm. It's not for sure, but it did the the for confidence level was really high based on all the stuff. It seems unlikely, indeed. So here, so you know the whole dark the dark matter thing, right? And the calculations. Oh boy! Well, but I'm not Don't talking about. I'm not talking about. Um, this sounds dangerous. I'm talking about. No, no, it's not dangerous. It's just uh, there's so many long. It's what it sounds. Well, I, so I I've studied this stuff. For 10 years, like I said, studied standard model particle physics, all this stuff, and realized that we haven't really done much since the 70s in terms of particle physics. We haven't found anything new. And all of our theories have become. And there's things that we measure out there dark matter, dark energy, that we really have no idea what they are. Dark and matter they make up should like be called. 75% of the universe. Well. Based on what we can measure, that's what it seems to be. Yes, and dark matter should really be called dark gravity because it's we don't know, we know what, what it is. is. Right, yeah. We know that it's a gravitational effect, but we can't. 
the only thing I wanted to bring up is, say we find the next extrasolar asteroid tomorrow, and we can give a probability of how frequent these things are. How much mass does that lead that we previously unseen? Yeah, I don't, I, yeah. I don't know, because one of the things is, is that it's been previously ruled out that that much of the matter is just baryonic matter, you know, stuff like yeah. gas and stuff. But how accurate is that? Cold bodies, right? I mean, every, how much cold bodies are out there that are everything that, that unpredicted? The, everything that we know currently says that there's not enough. It doesn't. I mean, if it's like 10 orders of magnitude off, right, then there's not going to be enough extrasolar asteroids to make a dent. Right. And I happen to think that our our model of of a solar system formation is is probably pretty wrong. And uh, there are tons of asteroids and tons of shit. But even if there was, it still wouldn't nearly cover. Because like you said... I mean, talking about because the matter that we see is only four percent. Like you said, even if it's ten orders of magnitude more, which is, I mean, ten times more matter than we see, that still doesn't even make a dent in the dark matter. So we'd have to be mid- off by, you know, three or four orders of magnitude. But isn't most of it dark energy and not dark matter? Well, do, we, well, do we even know how to distinguish those two? I mean, I thought- yes, there is there is a difference. So dark matter is what contributes to the gravitational effects that hold galaxies together. Mm-hmm. Dark energy is the really term for what seems to be expanding the universe, the, the universe. What seems to be behind the metric, the expansion of the metric of space time. Uh, and if you take all of that and you put that into a Lagrangian and consider all that energy, then you get this number that comes out around 75% is dark energy, around 20% is dark matter, and around 4 to 5% is baryonic matter, what we're made of. It's a ridiculous estimate. I mean, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that is almost silly. If you want, once you really get into it, because it it it's true to a point. It's true that that's what our observations say, but we have no idea what it means. Of course, yeah. It, it, just it's as, just as we have no idea what's beyond the visible universe. Yeah, but I mean, this is stuff. This is stuff. This is stuff that the important thing is we can measure it. So there's something that's doing something. And Always good to know. Based on yes, <laughs> <laughs> well, you said we have no idea what's beyond the visible universe. Uh, we have an idea. It's much like the universe that we yes. can see. The, well, yeah, right. That's expected, but we can't actually confirm that. No, it's not. It, it's not. We have no idea. We can't confirm it. It is. Right, it is right. disconnected causally from us. Yeah. Sure. Different from I would like to believe what you were saying is true. That's generally what I think, but I don't. I don't know what. But it, it's, what grounds we have to believe that that is correct? Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, the thing is, you know, part of our whole understanding system is we don't live in a special place or we don't live in a special time. Right. And if it turns out that the four four percent of the universe that we can see 
is special. That applies to us. That applies, how do we know that that the 4% to what, is what we can see? Uh, that applies to, to, to our understanding and our ability to understand what we see around us. That does not necessarily apply to what's outside of our ability to, do to we, see. Do we have some reason to believe that we can see 4% of what exists? Yes. Really? We do have reason to believe that, that the number is roughly accurate. That we can see 4% of everything that is? Yes. And we would call the observable universe that 4%? No. Not even close. What would we call the observable universe? We would call the observable universe... We have no idea. I mean, the, 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 it, so understand the observable universe is a, a tiny, 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 perhaps infinitesimal slice of the universe. We don't know. when. when Perhaps, but we don't know. We don't know. When the Big Bang happened, according to the Big Bang theory, according to the model, according to the, the current model we have, the FLRW model, and the current Big Bang parameterization, the Big Bang didn't happen... So you may have heard something like, the Big Bang started really tiny and it blew up in this inflationary period like went from the size of an atomic nucleus to the size of a grapefruit in in 10 to the negative 34 seconds right some huge inflationary thing like that that is a i mean if 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 inflation is true that seems to be true but that is applies to our local universe that happened everywhere not just in our local universe everywhere so our local universe is just like the tiniest slice of that infinite expanse stop, that happened. Stop, stop, So wait, wait. Are you saying that it happened everywhere and expanded from all places at once? Yes. Or are you so it did? Yes. It happened everywhere and expanded from all places at once? Yes. And what we can view is the portion of what is expanding... From a spherical point around the from origin, a spherical that we point looking. of or from the origin of where it started expanding, from where saying, we are looking. But so essentially, you're almost saying, like for example, there's a bunch of balloons, and they all they're all uninflated, they're all flat, and they're all existing together. And when the universe exploded, all of these balloons expanded together, and they're all expanding, sort of like that. I guess that's a way you could think of it. Uh, sure. Just just yes, theoretically, yeah. like in, infinitely. In, infinitely yes. there's an infinite number of balloons that are deflated and infinitely they inflate together yes and we are one of those balloons and we are one of those balloons the 93 million miles that we can measure is just one of those infinite balloons just one of those infinite balloons and so that there's and so everything that we can see in the observable universe is what's what with what was within our balloon yep that's apple butter and everything expanded from everywhere and so the Instead of there being infinite balloons, every point in space was its own balloon. Right. So. Doesn't seem right to me. Of course not. <laughs> Why would it? Why should it? No. It, is, it, is no, it is in no way comparable to our experience. Right. But. It is the best description that we have that both... I have never heard it described described like that. Excuse me. 
I've always oh, only I understand, heard of it. sure. I've always only heard of it as one point expanding. Yeah, because yeah, so, that's the that's the easy way. Right, yeah. Nobody's ever told me that it was a bill, an infinite number of points expanding all at once. And it, we assumed that it was infinite? infinite? Do we, we have don't any know. reason to presume? We don't know. But we have. why do we have presu- reason to presume that it's more than one? The assumption is that if you were looking the Andromeda Gal- if you were in the Andromeda Galaxy, you would see ninety three million miles, but beyond our ninety three million miles, and it, but it would be the same for you. But so why wouldn't that just simply? There be... wouldn't be a you wouldn't there, there, if you were in the Andromeda Galaxy, you no, wouldn't I see what a, you're saying. A, like an edge. But why wouldn't that simply be, for example? Why do we know that that's not, you know, that the uh, that the universe has expanded almost in a, in a four-dimensional spherical type of shape and that any direction will lead you around back to the other side of the universe, but it's sort of a four-dimensional sphere. Hypertorus. Probably a torus. Probably a hypertorus is, 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 is the... But, but why, why do we know that that's not the case? Why do we know that, the, that it started expanding from an infinite number of points at once and that if you're in the Andromeda galaxy, you're going to see in the same direction? Because if you take that math that behind that and you follow the, the, where that leads and you look for, for the evidence that that should produce, you get what very much looks like the cosmic microwave background. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Rewind that back. Okay. Say, say, say that just one more time. You can say it as okay. you did if you follow. If you take the math behind that idea. Behind what idea? What you just said. Expanding in every place, everywhere at once. Right. Okay. You take the math behind that. You make assumptions based on that math as to what you should observe if that were true. And you look for what you should observe you get in you get by by the math and through your just through running the numbers you get something that looks very much like the cosmic microwave background i see that we actually do observe and so that's the closest that we can get to reproduce well that is i mean it's like if i were to say if Dollars existed, I should be able to take my wallet out and pull out a dollar. If the universe was like this, I should be able to look for it and find the cosmic microwave background that looks like this. And we look for it, and guess what we find? A cosmic microwave background that looks like this. And it's compelling because it's the prediction came before the observation. Right. I see. And everything that we observe follows that. Right. right. So it's a matter of, well, this is what seems to be the case. Right. Strange as it is, as crazy as it is, this is what we observe, and this is what we predicted to observe before we observed it. It's not like we're adjusting right. things. Right, right. To, to what we see, we actually yeah, are seeing yeah. this stuff. Yeah. If the universe is finite but unbounded, it is also possible that the universe is smaller than the observable, observable universe. Yes. In this case, what we, what we take 
to be very distant galaxies might be duplicate images of nearby galaxies. I think or, that's been disproven because we've been we have enough of a, of a survey of the sky now that we okay. would be able to observe a pattern, a pattern of, uh, like that emerging. The universe appears to be isotropic, which means that it's the same from any perspective. It looks, I mean, if you get out to a far enough distance, it looks to be essentially the same thing, homogeneous and isotropic. How do we know that since we can't get out that far? It's it's based on observation. It's it's just based on what we can see and what we can um, observe, mm-hmm. and on on you know on local scales. Of course, the universe is very different. Earth and Mars are different, and we're revolving around the sun. It's very different. But when you right. get out and the galactic stuff, when you get out far enough, it just looks right flat and the same. And it's very interesting that when you get into the very very tiny. You get the same thing. You, sure. you, you know, it's, it's very interesting, very complex, and very, very flat and same. Bailowitz et al. claims to establish the lower bound at 27.9 gigaparsecs, 91 billion light years across That's on the diameter all. of the last scattering surface. So uh, the universe is at least 91 billion light years across, according to that. The observable we, universe. No, no. The universe. The well, observable yes. universe is 46 billion light years across, right? No. So I thought it said here. Is that all? You're, taking, you're not taking account the expansion. The comroving distance from Earth to Co-moving. the edge of the Co-moving. observable universe is about 46.5 billion light years. Yes, the radius then is 46, and you double that because For it's the radius. diameter, right. I read a cute little article not too long ago on uh, Graham's number. Oh, yeah. It's an interesting article. It's an interesting number. It's not by any stretch the biggest largest... number. No, it's no. just the most famous one of that size. It, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty famous one. Yeah, there are now larger numbers. Tree three, been... baby. Yes, there, there are now larger numbers that Is have that been Michael produced. Joy? What? No, no. No, we, we talked a... about numerology, like big numbers, what yeah. they call them. Uh... What's the name of people who like big numbers? It has a neat name. Not uh, me. I'm not a huge fan of num- I, I like math a lot now, but I'm not a fan of numbers themselves. I find them to be kind of simplistic, I guess. Quaint. I just thought Graham's number was a fascinating. I, I, it is I, fascinating. I, I think it's neat that, you know, we... But, like, calling it a number is, is, is almost silly, because when we think about numbers, we're thinking about, like, essentially digits, things that we can comprehend. And Graham's number, as, as a decimal expansion of something incomprehensible it's abstract for sure yeah there's there's no way i mean it's beyond it's beyond universal it's it's just it's it's just we've had this conversation before but i i love it i love talking about it because okay so you have decimal notation right yeah a million has seven digits to it you know a billion has nine uh ten digits to it nine yeah nine well, one billion. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you know, but imagine a number where a Google, right? A Google, a Google has hundred or hundred and one digits to it, right? right? And you can imagine quickly what is a number with. Uh, this is what bugs me about it. Bil- what was what the number with a billion, billion digits to it? Right. And then, so you need to, like, exponential notation can handle that number. Right. But 
then okay what if we expand that out so it's so much bigger that exponential notation that the exponent is a number you can't write right or it'll fill your hard drive or it'll take all the information right. in the universe to ex to to, right. to write out that number right right so then you need different kind of notation. So there's arrow right. notation. Right. And you can stack arrows. And we were talking about that. And yeah, I can kind of that, get that's my what head. I, that's what I was yeah, reading about. I yeah. can kind of get my head around arrow notation. But then there's like the, the number, the, like I think the, the biggest. The arrow of the arrow. Well, the, there's tree three. It's a function. Right. And it's like the, the biggest discrete number. Where it's not yeah. like a compound of... But there's a problem with that. So, so the interesting thing about Graham's number, when, when I learned about it, I think the video was a number file when I, when I, really, when I learned about it. And the, the, the cool thing about Graham's number was that it was invented, came up with a solve a problem. Some you know some abstract right. problem having to do with graph theory, and that's why it's famous. It's not yeah. the biggest numbers. The biggest numbers solve a problem, right? Right. Right. And and the f- the fact that it was some. The the answer to the problem was some number between twelve and Graham's number, right, 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 right. right. Which, which, as it was explained in number file, which I loved, was which mathematicians love because that means they pretty much got it right because it's not infinity, right. It's bounded. There's right. a boundary, certainly. So, and that's the thing about infinity is that that people don't really appreciate, like. How many infinites? How many numbers are there on, on the whole number line? Well, there's an infinite number. Right. How many even numbers are there on the number line? An infinite number. An infinite yeah. number. Right, right, right. How many numbers? Can, how many uh, whole numbers contain a number three? In Almost all of them. Right. Yes. Almost all of them. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the, um, which, which you might think, okay, well, all you're doing is just taking sort of functions of the whole number line. Right. What if I said, okay, a random distribution? Prime seem to be randomly distributed. How many? Primes are there, right? There are an infinite right. number of primes. Right. Right. How many digits are there in the decimal expansion of pi? There's an infinite number, right? right. And these are these are infinites of the same cardinality, right? 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 And so we're talking about things that are equal, right? 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 And that is that's that's where the that's where the numbers to me fall away. Because when you start, when you're just talking about numbers, well, they're arbitrary. And arithmetic, yeah, but they they're, are they're arbitrary. Extraordinarily arbitrary. Well, of course, they're, they're arbitrary. They're just a they're just a function of our system of counting, which is just a function of how we observe. Exactly. It, it's, it's a it's a process that we that we use. It's not they're not fundamental parts of the universe. They're simply parts of an axiomatic system. That is that is 100 percent true. Yes. Fact. Fact. As far as we can. It's tell. not fake news. <laughs> I. I, I as far as we can tell, as far as, as the evidence leads me to believe, I can't say anything for sure. I do not have ma- I do not have absolute certainty. I have maximal certainty, as much as I can say. But I don't know if absolute certainty exists. It certainly does not. I can be certain of that. <laughs> Are you certain of that? I am. <clears throat> so, so maximal it's... certainty does exist. Well, that depends on how, how much <laughs> trust you put into me. You can trust me that far if you want to. I wouldn't. <laughs> Maximum certainty exists, but I don't feel lying about that. <laughs> All right, well that that's a that's a good show, I think. <laughs> 
Thank you, Shane, for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, you know, Thanksgiving evening, mm -hmm. allowing for me to come oh, afterwards. You're welcome anytime, of course. I appreciate it. And now I'm living in this country and can do yeah. it more often. Mm -hmm. Come on over more. The beer was fantastic. The insight into beer was even more interesting. I should drink beer like that more often and much less often than I normally drink beer. <laughs> cool. Thanks, All right. Guys. We'll see you guys next week when Jeff gets back from, from killing deer. I'm probably not going to kill a deer. But if the opportunity arises, I will. <laughs> <laughs>